John Cage 433. It's the Review a New Podcast. I'm your co-host, DJ. And I'm Evan. What... What, you what, know, what was that? You know, it's part of the enjoyability of me just starting these things with references to things that he doesn't know is that he, he he's supposed to come in with saying what his name is, but then there's also the surprise of, wait, what was that a reference yeah. to? What, what, what was the John Cage? John Cage. Uh, it's the composer from, like, I don't know, like 50, 40s or 50s, like experimenting with minimalism. And one of his songs is a four minute and 33 like composition where it's just supposed to be silence and just hearing like what's uh, in the room. Yeah. Right. I think I've heard of that. I think, I think I have actually heard of that. I just couldn't remember who they... Yeah, it's it's uh, one, it's one of those things that like you know all you know music students talk about and make fun of. God, it's one of those things like if, okay. if it ever if it was ever actually performed, you know, you you purposefully sneeze during it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm contributing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, today we're here to talk about a true anomaly in uh, modern. Film. I was so <laughs> shocked by this. I was so silent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the next in our uh, Mel Brooks wing of the uh, review a new podcast here, where we're going through uh, our favorite directors and looking through their movies. Last time we took a look at Young Frankenstein, I had a guest with me, uh, Nella, who is really awesome. So go check out that episode. And today and we're looking at Silent Movie, his it, follow up right after that one. Yeah, and it and it is actually a silent movie it is just what it says on the tin it is a silent movie made in the 1970s 1976 in color in In color color. and you know at first i saw a roger ebert Ebert review where he was like oh you know he poo-pooed on the fact that it wasn't in black and And i could have swore i remembered watching this in black and white or something like that but but then i had that moment where i was like well maybe i just thought it was young frankenstein i mean maybe or i mean i mean because I think, you know, you could always play something in black and white. That you know? is true, yeah. So you may have seen it in black and white before. And it it was, you know, it, it was in color. So if you're looking at it, if you're just looking at a few seconds of it, it looks like a normal m- movie from the 70s. But then the, um, the dialogue plates... Uh, are this sort of sepia tone that clearly is supposed to look like an old, like, 1920s silent film. Mm -hmm. So that was a little jarring. I almost wish that, you know, either they had made it in black and white or sepia tone so it would really look like a 20s-era silent movie, or if they were going to do the color, that they would have, like, had the plates in different colors and and sort of rolled with it and like, hey, if it's going to look like a new updated silent film, let's do the plates in color too. You know what's interesting to me is like the more I learned like little stuff about uh, about like the creation of it, the more I kind of like I kind of appreciated it. Like, okay, so um, first there's that uh, level of like, all right, we already let you do a black and white picture. You don't get to do another one after. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, we, we bet on that gamble. You don't get to do it twice. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's that. But I think also like there is that sort of, since this is an interesting sort of like meta parody it, it ends up being, like the movie ends up being about its own creation. It is. And so in that is the joke of like, but it actually is taking place in 1976. So I did kind of like, I kind of appreciated that juxtaposition yeah. in an odd it's way. It's weird. It's, um, <laughs> it, this one was another one that was really hard to find, like 12 chairs. Like yeah. this is not, the, you could buy a DVD of it, but you're not going to find it streaming on any of the big platforms. No. I didn't hate it, but you could, 
you know, it's not it's not one of the it's not going to be your favorite Mel Brooks yeah. film unless you're a contrarian. It really is a. <laughs> as I was watching, I really was thinking like, man, this really could like be like a G-rated parody movie because it's like you know, I mean, those movies yeah. back then weren't there, like. Crazy. There are a few sex jokes. Yes, well, that, and then they they dropped the f bomb a couple of times, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like that like almost took me out of the moment. Um, it, Wait, it, are you saying fuck F-A- fa- Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they have fags, which actually we could talk about that joke. Yeah. Um, but he, <laughs> like, remember our original premise for the show was the straight man and the white man, and it was like <laughs> he can say one thing and he can say another thing. Yes. So when we watch movies, depending on which slur needs to get said, so that the audience isn't confused. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um. I, for me, it felt almost like this should have been a short. Like, mm. it, this, I mean... some. Uh, I think it, they were saying that it uh, evolved from a sort of like a sketch comedy idea. Yeah, it, it, felt like, it felt like a sketch comedy thing. And I mean, they managed to pull it off and make a full-length movie. Yeah. But it really did feel like it could have been a maybe a 15 or 20-minute short. Um, and they would have hit all the bases. But... Uh, yeah, it, it is this meta thing where essentially Mel Brooks is playing himself and Dom DeLuise mm. and, um, and Martin, um, and, and Marty Feldman, Marty Feldman, and, I almost and, said Martin, yeah. <laughs> Marty Feldman are, are basically playing themselves and, and, and literally like they just changed their last names to something random, like, uh, but their first names are yeah, exactly the Mel, same. It's Mel, Marty Mel, Mel Fun. Dom eggs and Marty Bell, or is yeah. it Marty egg and Dom? And um, and the premise is that Mel is a washed up drunk director <laughs> who wants to save the studio he's working for from getting gobbled up by an evil corporation by making a silent movie. And at first the studio head says, no, 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 that will never work. And then he says, wait, but I'll put a lot of celebrities in it. And the studio mm-hmm. film the film studio head says, okay, then. And he goes around and harangues celebrities yeah. until they agree to be in the film. Okay, and so... Like, <laughs> That's the plot. Yeah, That's the whole plot. So whereas on one level, there is that like, level of just like, this is just going to be like, oh, we're just doing the tropes of a silent movie. But then you have that moment of like... Wait, the movie's about making the movie, and then it's like kind of like sort little, of pulls you in with the, the silliness of it. It really reminded me of the Muppet movie, actually. Mm, yeah, but it's so like, on that level like, of deconstructing yeah, like, things, but it, in a fun way. It's the you know, let's come on, let's get the gang together and put on a show. Yes. Um. So so yeah, essentially the main plot is Mel Fun trying to get celebrities to agree to be in a silent movie, so that the studio won't get taken over by, what is it? It's like uh, oh. Engulf and Devour. Yeah, Engulf and Devour. Apparently based on Gulf Western. There is a B-plot where the corporation decides to uh, sabotage Mel by making, a, by sending Bernadette Peters to make him fall in love with her and I guess be so distracted by Bernadette mm-hmm. Peters that he doesn't make the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was Madeline <laughs> Cox and I swore that was Madeline Cox. My brain I just think cross wires. I they, think. they look similar and I think the only reason I knew right off the bat it was Bernadette Peters was that they I saw her name in the credits yeah, early on. Yeah, but oh my god, she is gorgeous. Mini she, Thirst Corner right here. Yeah. She is absolutely gorgeous, like breathtaking. There's a time later on in the movie where she's wearing like basically a teddy and I was <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think we were going to get this. <laughs> yeah, Bernadette Peters looks amazing in it, and she also she not only looks amazing, but she looks 
a lot like Clara Bow, who mm. was the big it girl of the 1920s of the mm. silent film era. So, yeah, like, look up the movie and look up Clara Bow, and you'll... And like, they give her some great costumes as well, like the bunny costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she she wears... she She's sort of a... She's sort of a burlesque dancer. Uh, her acts all start with her saying, was it... But she but because it's silent, like you just see her kind of mouthing it and then you see Babalu. And, and, and you hear the music. Dun, dun, dun. Like there's a very like right. a motif. Yeah, so you know, obviously it. like 1920s era silent films, there is music and there are sound effects. There's just not audible dialogue because yeah. in the twenties, you know, you'd have silent movies and originally you would have somebody you know, playing live music, and then I think at some point they would also use, like, record players. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, they'd use records where you could put sound effects because they didn't have to be, you know, perfectly synced up the way dialogue For sure. Would be. And what I thought it was uh, is also kind of cool about it is, you know, when people say, like, there's a bit of uh, art that is lost in the transition from, uh, uh, you know, uh, silent movies to talkies, and, like... Part of that that's there is, like, the expressiveness of the mm-hmm. face. You know, like, really getting to see the character because that's what they're relying on. And really, so it's, like, it really is about the actor. And I thought it was so cool. Like, there's one moment where you see Mel Brooks pitching the idea. Like, it's a silent movie. And it's so, like, just shows his face just, like, you know, grinning. He's and got, this, it up for he's the got this insane grin. You, you can see all of his teeth. <laughs> and he's like... And it, and, and it does the cut to the guy, like, anticipating the idea, and he looks really happy, and then it comes back to him, a silent movie, and it comes back to him, you see the, like, very clear switch, and, like, uh, and then it comes back to him, like, Mel Brooks with the face of, oh, no, he's not buying it, is he? And you can so clearly yeah. see, and, like, the emotion on the face, and, and then, the, the, oh, God, I have to transition now. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and there are, uh, there are a couple funny gags where they play with that, where, It'll look like somebody is saying one thing, and then when it cuts to oh, the dialogue, the, it'll say, like, there, there's one where he's saying something. Yeah, Dr. Louise says to Mel's character, like, uh, but what if they don't like the idea? And then it cuts to Mel Brooks gesticulating very wildly and answering him, and then it cuts to... Maybe you're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I love yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. The, so that I think they had similar gags said a couple of times, but. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's a weird movie. Like it was enjoyable, but I, uh, I I will say I kind of lost the thread a little bit. Near, I, I lost interest, to be honest, a little bit near the end because it it was it's a long time to go without dialogue. Maybe and, I'm just and also spoiled. Mel Brooks in general like is hard at wrapping up movies. And also, I will say uh, I didn't have an entirely unbiased viewing experience because. Uh, last night was uh, Tuba Shavat, which is a Jewish holiday where, like many Jewish holidays, you are required to drink several glasses of wine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was sleepy. Three, three um, sheets to the wind watching, <laughs> watching these movies the way they should be watched during quarantine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would argue that the, you know, it's slapstick and then it's slapstick and celebrity cameos. Yeah, and but the thing about <laughs> it is, it's like, okay, so going to your point, you know, um, the movie actually is uh, a very interesting send-up of, like, the um, the Hollywood system in general. And then it's like, 
you know, going into it, I thought it was just gonna be, yeah, just the slapstick and celebrity cameos. But like they actually like there's a bit of a biting commentary on the on the system at the time, especially in the sense that uh, I've actually been listening to this podcast talking about movies of like the forties and fifties mm-hmm. and uh, they talk about best. Is it you must pictures. remember this? Uh no, no, uh, I can't remember what it's called. Best pick or something like that. Okay. But they talk about the the movie that won that year and whether or not it deserved it and stuff like that. And they talk about how a lot of like fifties pictures, especially early on in like, you know, the Academy of Arts and Sciences it would be like, if you had a movie with a lot of actors in it, that would be most likely to win because, like, a lot of the actors are in the voting, you know, mm. who's deciding stuff. And that's how you got anomalies like Crash in the, ending up winning. That's what a lot of people say. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Just because, like, well, there was a lot of people in it that would really like it. You know what I mean? Um, in a meta-textual way, young, um, young Frankenstein was a big hit for Mel Brooks. And so he was actually, like... Uh, in a very, like, specific way, sending up the idea of, oh, if you get a big hit, uh, studios will write you a blank check to do whatever so you like, want. So I'm gonna make a fucking <laughs> silent movie, suck <laughs> my dick. <laughs> and so, like, it's a meta, meta movie. Oh, and wow. then just the fact that the movie is about the making of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, it's like, it's just oddly smarter than you think it, it is, was gonna yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I mean, I can see that. I will say, personally, this is a totally subjective opinion but i have a uh, very limited tolerance for movies about hollywood <laughs> yeah no um, i get you on that i get you on that you know, and i was thinking about like um so the way that the muppets movies in the 70s worked they are they are meta in that way that like there's that joke of like oh we are the muppets are making a movie but you can still enjoy it versus like what was the new Muppet remake with Jason Sudeikis S- uh, or something like that? Jason Siegel. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, wouldn't it be great if I did a Muppet movie and brought the Muppets back? With, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like, okay, the movie is just about how great the Muppets were and we should do the thing again because they're great. But the movie is just about that instead of actually being a movie that is good on top of being right. about bringing them back. Like, it's purely based on right. don't you love them. Yeah, because that... that- older Muppets movie is just fun and it's got like you know you come up on that church with Dr. Teeth and the electric man you yeah. know rocking the house down like that's a great fun scene even if you like had never heard of the Muppets before yeah and and a lot of people say it's encapsulated in the new Muppet character in the movie who is just like what is the importance of the character oh the importance of this character is here is a Muppet who grew up with the show and loves it just like you do and so isn't it so cool that you're right. in the show now instead of like we're giving you a production. It's the, we're feeding your nostalgia and enjoyment of that thing back to you. Yeah. And, yeah. like, a good send-up can do that while also, like, really doing something fun, like, on top of it. And that's what I think this movie, as, like, because it's Mel Brooks and he knows what he's doing, he knows how to make that work instead of it just being so self-referential that it's just going up its own ass, you know? Right, yeah, and it doesn't, I mean, the movie does not fill up its own ass or anything. Like I said, it is enjoyable. Um, The slapstick bits are just, you know, art. Like, they're great. It really is, like, good with the timing and just how they subvert your expectations. There there is a bit, so I want to touch on the the fags. Yeah. Um, So there's a bit early on where, um, there's a bit early on where, uh, they're about to go into the studio, um, Dom and Mel and, and Marty are about to go into the studio and they're, they sort of are like embracing each other in a, you know, courage. <laughs> they're so happy that they're about to, yeah, yeah and, get, get and, the, the and the hugging and everything just starts getting a little bit more intense and a little <laughs> bit more intense until it looks from the outside like they're making out. Uh, and these two women walk by and go, fags! 
and and it shows you the title card just of that right word. yeah and um and then later there's a, a callback to it where they are in they uh, meet up with James Con. They're with James Con and his there so there's <laughs> a whole really big well. setup to this. So there's a uh he's he's outside of his trailer and they go into his trailer to talk and the trailer's off balance. The spring yeah, there's, the spring is busted. Right. So they're just like tilting back and forth on the trailer and uh trying to eat uh, they're trying Eat to share a meal. Balls. And so they have to, like, do everything in perfect sync. <laughs> and, the, and, it, and of course, it's completely absurd. There's a point where Dom DeLuise is peppering his bagel, and he puts too much pepper on his bagel, and that causes it to tilt in his direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he sneezes and they all go tumbling against the side of the trailer and the, the door flies and the two open women, because of that. Right. And so the two, and these two same women come by and see them all up in a tangle looking like they're having an orgy <laughs> yeah. and they go fags again. And so, you know, Mel Brooks movies have gay jokes in them. And yeah. what I will say is, you know, and obviously, I'm somewhat biased. I like Mel Brooks, so I want to just be like, you know, come on, whatever. Um, and I will say that I think a lot of these, you do have to take them for the time they were made in. Because yeah. if somebody had a joke, if somebody put out a movie now, like literally now, where you just have like three straight guys and they fall on top of each other and, oh, looks like they're gay... Uh, you know, come on. It, it's so passe at this point. But, yeah. you know, it's the 70s, and yes, the joke is, at the very least, leaning on homophobia. It's gay panic joke, but, yeah. Um, but I do think it's worth noting that the targets of these jokes are not gay men ever they're they're the target of the joke is straight guys who are mistaken to be gay and then these women are not exactly shown in a flattering light that they're yeah. like busy body and it's the same two women too i did right like, like i see the, there's the aesthetics of the joke that i did enjoy of like it's the same two women and it's the fact that if you look at them like of course it's a silent movie of course they're gonna play up the fact of the chaotic thing is happening and if you happen to walk in that would look kind of gay like, I enjoyed that aesthetic setup. I just hated the fact that they just said the word. Well, and so I'm just like, <clears throat> it just tur I mean, curses everything. I don't know. You know? For, for me, like, them shouting that works better than if mm. they if it was more subtle, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, it's like those two women are not shown in a flattering light. True, that they're yeah. just coming by being busybodies and looking like peering in people's windows, essentially. <laughs> Somehow they're all um, over the town yeah. where these guys happen to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so there's a... There's a, a pretty long sequence where they are chasing down celebrities. Uh, they chase down Liza Minnelli in the um, in the canteen, and well, they don't chase her technically, well, right? Okay, they 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 <laughs> I think they see her and then decide yeah, to go. They just take a really long they're, time. They're outside, <laughs> so they're outside of the actors' canteen, the actors' cafeteria, and they see all these people going in in like period costumes, yes. including Liza Minnelli, who's in this like beautiful velvet princess dress with a tiara. And I will say, as somebody who used to work in wardrobe a little bit, like I, I, I did a little bit of theater wardrobe for a while, and the sight of all those people going and eating <laughs> in period costumes, I was like, no, don't, don't eat in costume. Don't eat in costume. Yeah. <laughs> but so Liza Minnelli goes in, and she's just trying to have her salad, and they all go in wearing... Night suits, costumes? Like suits of armor, like yeah. full suits of armor, and they're... 
and they're trying to pull it smooth, like, oh, let's just sit down, yeah. and do you mind if we sit here? But of yeah, course, going incognito, you know? But because they're in these giant suits of armor, they're just knocking everything all over the place. Yeah, and it's one of those jokes where it's like, it's the anti-joke of, like, we're pushing this as far as we can push it, so that, like, it comes back around and becomes even funnier, the fact that it keeps going on. Because, like, all you're hearing is the shuffling of the metal, yes. and they're falling all over each other, and, like, Liza Minnelli's trying to it's, act like she's cool with the situation. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, <laughs> The funniest bit of that, like, is not them, but just her sitting there just trying to eat her salad and acting like nothing weird is happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, and actually, that's what I thought, think is interesting about it. So, like, it's a movie, you know, on a meta level, it's the movie about them getting all of these actors for this movie. But the funny thing about it is, and what I at first thought was, like, jarring and weird, but then I thought, it was like, oh, is that the point? Like, the fact that they're doing all of these things treating actors ways that you would not treat actors if you wanted to get them for something. Like, yeah. right? Like, you wouldn't chase them around. You wouldn't do all of this sort of stuff. But then, at the end of them doing all of this awful stuff, they go, I'll take the part. Right, yeah, <laughs> like... you're supposed to... Yeah, because initially they get Burt Reynolds by yes. breaking into his house while he's taking a shower. Oh and it's the way it's revealed, it's like he's like watching himself up and you're seeing it through like and a he, big And you see a glass. hand and it first... Like, so I just assumed like, oh, he's up. got like a hot girl in there yeah. with him. And, no, it's it's uh, it's Marty. Oh my God. You see, <laughs> and the first one, I think you see, yeah, you see Marty's big bug eyes as he's yeah. feeling him up. And then you see the other two arms coming around him. It's like, oh my Lord. And then the way Burt Reynolds like reacts to the camera like, ah! Yeah. Also, um, just brief note, speaking of jokes that don't necessarily age super well, there's an ongoing gag of Marty Feldman uh, being a pervert and sort of harassing women. Yeah. But there is a really funny payoff that yes. we'll get to. Yeah, that's um, the thing about it. Yeah, but yeah so the, there's a sequence of them harassing celebrities and then the celebrities going, yeah, I want to be in your silent movie. <laughs> and between each one, there's this gag with this poor newspaper booth guy <laughs> right. trying to set up his booth and the guys delivering the papers come and just chuck these big fat cubes of newspaper at him and yeah. knock him down. Yeah, and, and the and headline is always immediately... Exactly, it's in the reveal. Burt Reynolds signs a silent picture. So we're introduced to Bernadette Peters, and she goes right up to Mel Fun and says, are you Mel Fun? Come with me. And takes him off, and they... Oh, wait, did it say, are you fun? Or something like that. She says, are you fun? Yeah, so they get to use the name. Um, And then they have a big falling in love sequence where they're frolicking around in the meadow in different outfits, and... Yep. fantasize being on a wedding cake. And... Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you had said to me, and, and I was talking about this, I was like, you know, when I saw that wedding cake and how it, like, it turned out to be, like, a foam cake or something like that where they jumped into it, you know, it was supposed to be, like, I think the we had of... opposite reactions because yeah. we were like, oh, that doesn't look fun, and I was like, that looks fun. Because <laughs> I was like, and then like, I man. said, And then I said, if you never, he, he had never heard of foam parties. <laughs> and I was like, that's such a weirdly specific thing, I feel like, from the early 2000s, yeah, bro, MySpace. Yeah, the Swedish cool. house party. Yeah, it would be yeah. around that time, too, I, yeah. I feel Euro parties. <laughs> I literally, I literally could not say for sure whether I have actually been to a foam party or not, because I have envisioned it so vividly okay. that I think I may have never been to one, and yet I can like 
falsely remember me. Is, is it like a false memory in the sense <laughs> yeah. of like we all remember going to like you know summer camp because there was a uh, lots of movies about yeah. summer camp like that sort of thing yeah. oh no I was thinking like no like foam with a bunch of like uh, uh soapy shit like no you'd slip on that shit that's immediately the thing I was thinking and it was like and then yeah your wife brought up foam parties and I was like oh yeah that was a big and then I googled it and like the first thing I saw was people going blind scratching their corneas and like things going wrong and chemical burns yeah it's like, not a good damn. idea <laughs> there's a reason it was a short lived trend yeah. it's not a good idea it's... Uh, but so you know so they fall in love and and of course, she is, you know, being paid by the evil corporation to make him fall in love with her. But then she really falls in love with him because how could you not look at that of face? Course. Look at that face. <laughs> and, but then, of course, it's the uh, uh, the, the the boys. Uh, yeah, you have, you have a bit of a rom com moment where his friends find out they find the check, and so they, you know. As you would tell him, like, hey, you know, we found out she's being paid. Yeah, she's two timing you fifty thousand dollars to pretend to be in love with you, and he uh, resumes his drinking problem in a very spectacular and slapsticky way. Yes, he, he he goes to pick up the bottle, and Marty tries to tell him to stop, but then like he picks up Marty Feldman <laughs> along with Marty, the bottle. Yes, <laughs> it's a great um, moment. He ends up going on a huge bender and. Ending up with a bottle that is bigger than him. Yes. <laughs> and ends up, like, hanging out with a whole bunch of bums and just, like... It's honestly, like, a bit of a, like, a... You know, it's funny. As I was thinking about this movie and how silly it is, it is kind of, like, again, like, kind of art comedy in a way. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's artistic in, like, the the meta narrative of how this is yeah. constructed. And also, it's, like, artistic in, like, they'll have little moments where, like... You can see that this actually took, like, setup in time with how they coordinated with the music yeah. and the physical gags and the pratfalls of it. Like, um, oh, so there's the time where he's, like, pouring out the alcohol to all the winos and it looks like a bit of a dance, you know, that's happening. Yeah. Like, um, and then there's also a moment where, uh, so there's lots of non-sequiturs in this movie that they're just using to take advantage of, you know, the idea the of, like, oh, yeah. let's do a pratfall. Oh, yeah, like, there's gag. an ongoing gag that just where it's just funny storefronts and yeah. it has nothing to do with the plot. It's like, oh, look, here's the tailor that all the new fashion is half the clothes are cut off or here's <laughs> the acupuncture and the guy comes out with needles in his back. And, yeah. and it's like, there's nothing to do with anything other than, hey, look at this. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one in particular that I thought was hilarious where uh, Marty Marty's character is being asked to like hold two, like one person's dog who... He's oh like, god, I forgot about the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Two identical German shepherds, one of which is a guide dog. Yes. The other of which is not and and of yeah, course the wrong person comes out. Yeah. And the way that they pay off with how like you actually hear like the percussion playing with the guy falling everywhere, like it actually makes the impact of the moment that much funnier in the moment cuz it's like, wow, you really like feel how it, he's bumping everywhere through the way the music's playing with it. Yeah. It was like kind of the moment like, "Oh my god, I actually like felt that moment and it it was made funnier by the fact of that percussion." Like in a way that if this was a movie with sound, it wouldn't have uh, hit as hard. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. because there's so much silence. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's on a bender, but then uh, Dom and Marty over here, uh, Bernadette, I can't remember her name. Her actual name is like v Vava or... V it's like Vinda... V uh, Von, I can't remember what the character's name was. It was some very silly, sexy lady name. Yeah, femme fatale name, you know. Yeah. But they overhear her on the phone saying, I won't take the money. I love the little lug. 
And so the, they're like, oh, we were wrong about her. And the three of them go and find him and feed him uh, about uh, swimming pools worth of coffee. <laughs> Basically. Um, and he sobers up and they make the movie and it's opening night. But the evil corporation has stolen oh, yes. the one reel that they have. For some reason, they only have <laughs> one reel of this film. And the evil corporation stolen it, so they go to try and find it. Well, Bernadette Peters distracts the audience by uh, stripping and cutting up her uh, nice her nice gown for the premiere into a teddy. And it's apparently going on for several hours. Yeah. Uh, and I I can't rem- like there was something about they come down to a chimney and get the. Yeah, the, 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 the bad guys are throwing the the film into the fire, and then you see Marty Marty's hands come down yeah, and they, pick it up. Yeah, and they they rescue the movie. They which, rescue the movie, and then uh, don't they like? There's a scene where the Coca Cola bottles come into play. Oh, the yeah, most obvious. I was, <laughs> I was in and out. There was a whole gag with the Coca Cola vending machine, yeah, and they come back to it that exact same place yes. like three times and show the Coca Cola label very prominently. Yeah, so hopefully and it's like, we needed to finish this movie with this product placement. They're getting some, some money back, <laughs> uh, and they, they rescue the they rescue the film. They show the audience. They say, "I wonder if the audience likes." It. And then, as soon as it's over, the audience immediately uh, bursts out with balloons and trapeze artists. Yeah, and popcorn and throwing everything. Uh, like uh, fans um, blowing. Because <laughs> and I think that's that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's the end. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like I said, I was fading out a little bit. Um, I. Look at you. I, yeah, I mean, professional which I, drunk at. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it. You know, it it was very artful. There was a lot to be admired. I do feel like um, the fact that it was a feature film was mostly just impressive Mm -hmm. that Mel Brooks got away with making a feature film that was a silent movie. Yeah, it's like you do get the point that like at certain points there is like, Oh, we put this gag in here. We need to fill out time and tease out yeah. things. And it, you, you know, know you, you get one or two of those. Yeah. We're so while I wouldn't necessarily choose to watch a, an hour and a half of silent slapstick, um, the I feel like if it had been just a sketch, that certainly would not have had the impact of. Oh, holy shit, he really did that. Mm. He really did that. He got away with that. Yeah, I want to do another shout-out real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marty, uh, Marty, Marty Feldman was acting. really good. It was so oh, incredible. Yeah. He's wearing this, like, little, uh, what do you call it? Like, a flight he, he wears, cap. like, an aviator cap. Like, an aviator yeah, the cap, movie. the whole thing. And then at one point, he's in a suit. And he's still wearing an aviator cap, but it's, like, a formal aviator yes! cap. And it's black. <laughs> and for some reason, it has holes for his ears. Yes! And so his ears are sticking out. And it's so weird But it's looking. so great. Because, like, he is, like, he really is the best. Best part of the movie, he is like the most cartoonish yeah. part of the movie because, like, there's parts where, like, uh, where he needs to get on the elevator and everyone's getting out of the elevator yeah. at the same time and he's trying and he's, to get through. And he so looks like he's really being buffeted out, yeah. By the thing. He, like, he really uses his body because he's this very little, skinny guy and he really uses his size and his, and his yeah. physicality and his looks, yeah. to to best advantage. Yeah, and I wanted to shout out, shout out another part, uh. Where he, he, like, he, a woman actually, like, lets him dance yeah, with that's him. It, yeah. And she goes into the crowd and 
doesn't think twice about looking for him. And then he goes like, oh no, I lost you. And, you know, everyone's really packed in tight. Yeah. And everyone's dancing to the dance music. He's trying to get in. And again, he's getting bummed around. And then finally, he, 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 there's the thing that you expect to happen where it's like, oh, there's a little table there, a long table there. And, uh, you know, there's a, a long tablecloth on it. Oh, you know what he's going to do in order to get on the table. And so, like, he walks up to it, picks up the end of the tablecloth. And then where you think it's going to be the pull thing, he just, like rolls it over and gets all over in people's face and then pulls up the thing from yeah. under people's arms and then pulls it off. Like, I love that sort of, like, subtle subversion of, like, yeah. if you were, he's like, you would think that this is what would happen, but it's just like the, it's, nope, I'm being really invasive here. Yeah, the, the slapstick is very artful and it's, it's awkward when it, it's awkward in places where you would have expected it to be slick, and it's slick yeah. in places where you would have expected it to be awkward. Yeah, which, and it's playing with which you. Makes it really, yeah. yeah, it's playing with you with that on purpose, and I do enjoy that. It like like it's that self aware like we know that you know that this is a silent movie, so of course you're gonna expect it to go here, right? And then go, but we're gonna mess with you with that because ah, uh, well you already expected that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? so yeah. you know, so I mean, I, I think it's worth seeing with a friend. Right? Like, yeah. It's worth seeing with people yeah, we, and having that moment of, oh, that was ridiculous. Like, we watched it together, and that's always a challenge. Like, we have to keep biting our tongue so that we save <laughs> right? it for you guys. Yeah. For you. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would say watch it once, watch it with somebody. It's not going to be your favorite Mel Brooks movie. It's not going to be something you watch over and over again, but it's it's worth checking out yeah, because yeah. if nothing else, it's an impressive feat. It's impressive that he did this. But. Yeah, you don't need to need to see it. I, yeah. I can see you're not having to see this one because yeah, yeah. it can be a bit of a test. But um, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. This has been the Review New Podcast. Yeah, you wanted to plug your yeah, I did. Yeah. What? So my friend uh, has a a new podcast out. There's one episode of as of this recording. Uh, my friend may sound exactly like me. Please disregard it. This mm. is uh, <laughs> this is my friend Samuel Mouse. Uh, if you go to samuelmouse.com, uh, you will you will find it's a it's a fiction podcast. Uh, it is stories about a small southern town where uh, weird things happen. So uh, yeah, samuelmouse.com. Thank you so much for listening. Hit the Patreon if you want to support the show and see every other episode that doesn't go out live. Uh, or, you know, support us on Kofi. You know, if you just want to give one-time donations, you know what I'm saying? That's always appreciated. Uh, hit all those links in the link tree if you want to see where everything is and follow me on all the social medias. And uh, until next time, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Get it? Sound of silence. Uh, it... <laughs> oh my god, I feel so dumb. <laughs> that. I was like, why are you singing? Why are you, si why are you singing? What? That didn't Simon come out that year. What are you doing? Garfunkel? <laughs> <laughs> oh.